Good morning, Outlook family. Sure is good to see everyone this morning. Whether you're with me here in the room or we're together online, the important thing is that we're together. Amen? It is good to be together. We are in the middle of a sermon series that's looking at the mission of our church. We're going back to the scriptures and examining what does it mean to be a local church according to God's holy word and how are we each of us to live that out. So we've been having a good time these last few weeks going through our mission statement. And this is it right here. Our mission here at Outlook is to develop all of us. Someone say all of us. Turn to your neighbor and say that means you. It really does. That's right. To develop all of us as disciples of Jesus who are connecting, growing, serving, and going. And today we're going to look at serving. We've seen so far that the church is like a connected family, like people all coming to the table uh, in fellowship and in connection together. Last week we talked about how the church is like a growing community. We compared the church to like a greenhouse, right? We create the conditions of encouragement and prayer and worship uh, and example and word so that all of us can thrive and grow as human beings and Jesus followers. In fact, we equate discipleship to Jesus to the human flourishing that every single person on the planet is ultimately hungering for and looking for. We've just simply discovered that it's found in discipleship to Jesus. And today we're looking at the fact that a local church is like an effective team and that a good analogy for that is our own human Body. In fact, it's, that's exactly the word picture that we find more than once in the Scriptures. So we're going to let the Scriptures really do some great teaching for us this morning. In his, first, or in his letter to the Romans, in his first letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul uses this very effective word picture of the human body to compare it to the local church. teaches us a lot about this subject. So we're going to dig right in. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 is where you'll see this uh, talked about. But before we dive in, there is one thing I want to make super clear before we get any farther. What are we talking about this morning and what are we not talking about? Let's get really clear. What we're not talking about when we talk about serving in ministry is we're not talking about some sort of obligation or heavy type of duty that's being laid on us to join a ministry team of your local church or if you're an outlooker, our church, so that the church is an organization that's running like a well-oiled machine. That is not at all what we're saying when we're talking about each of us serving in ministry. We're also not talking about the idea that we need to work off a debt to God. He's been so good to us and he's given us his grace so from now on, we're just going to have to work really hard to make sure we earn it and stay on his good side. Both of those ideas are false and faulty and should be rejected. And I hope no one leaves today hearing either of those two things. Here's what we are talking about. Our why as a church, like we said, is to thrive. Uh, all of us thriving, developed as followers, disciples, of Jesus. And so what we're talking about is our development as disciples and the humility and the love that will grow in each of us and unavoidably then express themselves in a desire to serve in ministry, to make a difference in the lives of others 
and in the world. That's what we're talking about today. So does that sound good? All right, let's go for it. We're going to dive right in to the passages. Here we go. There are different kinds of gifts, Paul writes to the Corinthians, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, I like the sound of that, right? Everyone, it is the same God at work. This tells me a couple of things. God is busy in his people, wants to do stuff in you and in me and in every single person as we say yes to Jesus. And in this, we discover that there's great diversity in the gifts that God gives to you and to me and to someone else. But there's also great unity in the giver, that we're all serving the same Lord. So I love these words, gifts, service, working, right? All these things can be expected to happen in the life of a believer, that when we say yes to Jesus, something wakes up in us, something comes alive in us. The scriptures use different word pictures for that. Sometimes it's like a flame. It's compared to a flame that we're to fan and let grow in us. I really like that word picture. So God is working in us, but it's the same Spirit, same Lord, same God. And who is that Lord? Let's just remind ourselves for a second who we're serving here and who we're talking about. Who's giving these gifts? And who do we then devote those gifts to? And whose cause is it? Who is this Lord God? His name is Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. And he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. Amen. And when we come to him in faith and in repentance and make him our Lord, he gives us His Holy Spirit. He forgives our sins. He grants us eternal life. This is the good news. And this is who we serve. This is who we serve. And when we begin to see it this way, we can reframe what church really is. Maybe we grew up thinking it was just some place we attend. Right? It's that place. Every few weeks we go. It's where we consume our religious goods and services. But, what we can begin to see is that a church is not a some place we attend. It's a lot of some ones with whom we do life and with whom we serve the Lord. Shoulder to shoulder, making a difference in each other's lives, in the lives of others, and in this world. Now, when we talk about serving, and we just talked about growing last week, let's just for a minute look at how those things interact with each other in the life of our discipleship and faith. There is not a, a certain growth level prerequisite for serving in ministry. In other words, it's not like, oh, you've got to know this much Bible and you've got to memorize this many scriptures. You've got to show up at church this many times. You say yes to Jesus from day one. You can begin serving others with love. There is no prereq or a certain level of somehow spiritual attainment or maturity that then qualifies you to serve. God has gifted you. You will spend the rest of your life after you say yes to Jesus, learning about all those things he's, he has done in you and is doing in you and how he wants to work through you. Believe me, it's an adventure and it never ends. You just keep unpacking that gift, but it starts on day one. So there's no particular growth prereq for serving, but I will tell you this. If you're committed to growing in your faith, you will inevitably find yourself serving. It will start to come out of you and you'll realize, I need to make a difference in the lives of others. The compassion, the mercy, the love that begins growing in you will need to express itself in making a difference in others' lives. And here's one thing I've found. Serving accelerates growth. 
getting involved in ministry in your local church in some form or fashion accelerates my growth. It makes me into the disciple that Jesus has in mind for me to be. It's enjoyable, it's fulfilling, and it really speeds me along in my own maturity in Christ. We grow greatly when we serve humbly. And that kind of service, man, it rewards us, it fulfills us, and in fact, some growth only comes through serving. In fact, if you're committed to your own spiritual growth, and we're committed to your spiritual growth here at Outlook, you will find that until you serve, you will hit a growth ceiling eventually, right? There's going to be this, this moment in which you realize, ah, i got to get off the bench, i got to get in the game, I need, God has gifted me, I, I'm beginning to see that, and you'll be moved to want to serve. And until you do, you'll begin to kind of be stunted in your growth. I think we've probably all experienced that at one level or another and can testify that that's true. Now, before I go any farther, it's probably wise for me to define this word ministry. So you don't think that's just something pastors and missionaries do, but ministry, in, uh, as we read the scriptures, is actually something for every believer to do, and that's because ministry can be defined this way. Ministry is using whatever God has given me to serve Him and others in fulfillment of His mission of love. God's doing His thing on the earth. He does it through His people. Anything you do, according to the way God's gifted you, your personality, your abilities, your supernatural gifts, the things that, that are coming alive in you, you use those to, to serve others and to make a difference in the world. That is ministry. And when it comes to ministry, function follows form. Our ministry is discovered through our design. How God made us has a lot to do with what he had in mind for us in this world. So let's keep letting the scriptures paint this picture for us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. In Romans, something similar is said. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. This is the groundwork for what we're talking about here. It's the idea, the truth, that when we say yes to Jesus, we will begin to discover, oh, God made me on purpose. And he has something that I'm good at, and now I'm even better at it in some ways because I'm driven by the love, mercy, and compassion of Jesus. And so that's coming alive in me, and that is given me purpose. Each of us has a gift or gifts that help the body of Christ, that we serve each other. We have this work ethic of humility and service for the common good. Uh, that not, these gifts aren't just for our own benefit. They're for others. We begin to become more others-centered. We care about the needs of others. These gifts promote unity and maturity in ourselves and in those around us, and they point people to Jesus. Each of us has been given a gift so we can help each other. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. It's the, it is the only, one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. In other words, God is the giver. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So this begins to, as, as, we're, as we're painting the picture even more here, as we're focusing in, each of us should accept our gifts because we trust God's wisdom. He's a good giver of good gifts, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And so each of us has, been, has received, has, been, has, has given, been given exactly what God had in mind for us to have. So it is a waste of time and energy to compare our spiritual gifts to someone else's. Each of us is uniquely gifted, but equally important. Verse 12, as we keep going, the, now, now Paul begins to 
hone in on this analogy that we're going to talk about for the rest of our time together. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. In Romans, he puts it similarly. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. So this, this is what makes this word picture so powerful and helpful and useful. It's because we're all walking around in a human body, right? So we all understand that we are a cohesive whole, and yet we have lots of parts. We need each of them to do their own thing and do it well. In fact, we even define health as each of our body parts doing what it was meant to do. I don't need my kidneys to try to be my brain, and I need my kneecaps to do their thing while my ankles do something entirely different, and so do my nose hairs and you name it, right? Everything else in between. I need everything to do what it was designed to do, and so do you. And that's why this picture is so useful, because we are looking, every local church is an expression of Christ's body. Many parts, one body, each function needed for total health. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, Paul continues. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. In Romans, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. As Zach so powerfully said earlier, we are all in this together. We need each other. That unity is essential and super encouraging, isn't it? That we're all one body together. And so we should embrace and celebrate how God has gifted everyone uniquely. This is one of the fun things about a local church family. You get to look and watch your brothers and sisters be who God made them to be, expressing their gifts the way they've been gifted. You don't have to wish you had their gifts. You use yours, they use theirs, and you watch them thrive and make their own unique difference in the lives of others and in the world. And that is a blast. And that is exactly what we're committed to here at Outlook. Every single one of you, every Outlooker, everyone who calls this your, your church home, your discipleship includes discovering your spiritual gifts and then thriving in using them. We delight in seeing that happen. Paul is making it clear the church is like a body, lots of unique parts. Every part needs to fulfill its function. And like I said earlier, but it bears repeating, we're all baptized into one body, we read here. So that means as soon as I say yes to Jesus, I express that through the beautiful act of baptism. And from that day forward, I am part of the body of Christ. That's not something I graduate to later. That's something I'm a part of from day one. Part of the family, part of the body. There really is no such thing as following Jesus without serving others according to how he's gifted us. That becomes part, uh, a, 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 a woven together part of what it means to be his disciple. So we all have a place to fit. No one is excluded to what, in anything that we're talking about here. And this should be true of a local church, and I always pray that it's true at Outlook, that you have found that there's no ranking, there's no categorizing, there's no judgment. It doesn't matter your income or your education or your experience or how you're gifted compared to someone else. None of that matters. What matters is we're all given one spirit to drink. We've all said yes to Jesus. We are all receiving his grace. Amen? As the passage says, uh, we're, we've all been given one spirit to drink. We're all 
on level ground at the foot of the cross. We're all in this together. I'm reminded of something Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. It's, it's not necessarily on the screen, but he has this great line where he says that we're all God's handiwork. And he uses this word in the Greek called, that's uh, poema, from where we can get our word poem. And it reminds us that we're each an original handcrafted work of art. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you hear that? I'm a work of art. You are. You're God's handcrafted work of art. The line, like the lines of a poem, poema, every strand of your DNA is thoughtfully composed by God. You are not an assembly line product, mass produced without thought. You are a custom design, one of a kind, original masterpiece. God had something in mind when he made you, something specific and really, really awesome. Let's let the passage keep teaching us here. Verse 15, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Of course, the answer is no, right? It's almost a little ridiculous to say so. And that's exactly Paul's point. It would be ridiculous for our eye to be jealous that it's not, or our ear to be jealous that it's not an eye. That doesn't even make sense. And so he's saying, yeah, follow that thought. Don't do it yourself. Don't think to yourself, because I don't have that function, I don't have that gifting, I don't really count or matter. Comparison is fatal to the idea of doing effective, fruitful, fun ministry. So is condemnation. The idea that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, something about my past or something about my personality or something about me somehow disqualifies me from ministry. That is a lie from the evil one. Reject it. Live in the love and grace of Jesus and let him cleanse and forgive and free you so that you can uh, unabashedly and with a lot of enjoyment live a life of serving other people in ministry. Let's keep going with this analogy. Paul is not finished yet. If the whole body were an eye, he asks, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Right? He's just working this analogy from every angle here, and it's good. Every person and their gifts are needed for the church to fully thrive. I love this line that says, God has put each part just where he wants it. He's in charge. This is his church, his body. Our theology here at Outlook, our belief in taking to heart that statement, our theology informs and guides our practice and approach here at Outlook. We believe that whatever God wants to do through our church, He has placed here the exact people to accomplish it. We don't have to be like any other church. We don't have to stress that we're not doing enough. We can be ourselves and invest all our energy in whoever God sends into our church family, becoming all that they're meant to be as a disciple of Jesus. And if that is happening, if that is the engine that is driving what's happening, you're thriving as a disciple. God will accomplish everything he wants to do through our church and it will amaze us all. And it'll be a lot of fun in the meantime. 
we fully rely on Jesus and rest in Him, even as we're laboring hard in His cause. Why? Because He is building His body. It's a supernatural thing we have happening here in a local church. God is at work, and we're simply along and partnering with Him and enjoying what He's doing. Amen? Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. I think Paul needs us to hear this, right? We, we, this is how many times have we said something, some version of that right there already? But clearly, in repetition, there's a lesson that he wants to make sure we catch. There are many parts. There is one body. Don't exclude yourself and stay unified in that, uh, in that truth. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. What a tragic and harsh thing to hear, right? I don't need you. Maybe you've had a day or a season in your life in which you felt like you heard someone say that to you. I don't need you. I don't want you. I pray you never hear that here at Outlook. And you don't tell it to yourself that you're not needed. You are. You're needed, you're valued, you're cherished, and you're loved. No one is more important than anyone else. No one should ever feel or say to another, I don't need you. As I said earlier, we all have a place to fit, but even more importantly, we all must take our place. No one else can do exactly what you can do, exactly how you would do it. No one else can be who you are. And without you, yes, you, right? Yes, you. Our whole body, so to speak, here at Outlook, won't be healthy and functioning. Remember, even in our own physical bodies, we determine, we say we're healthy when we feel like all our parts are working, doing the thing that they're supposed to do. That's healthy. That's good. That's strong. That's true in a local church as well. And here's the good news. God's not looking for super, uh, super amazing ability from any of us. He's looking for availability. Because what we've already read is He provides the ability but we've got to make ourselves open and available. That's the one thing we can do, right? And he'll meet us right there. So don't buy into the lies that say you're unqualified or unworthy to serve on a team at church because everyone really is needed. And whatever God has in mind for our church to do and become, it can't be fully accomplished without you. It just can't. Back to our passage now, uh, specifically Romans 12. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, that means to speak out God's truth boldly, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What do we see here? We must not take God's gifts for granted, don't handle them flippantly, but give them our all, our whole selves, knowing that they were put there for a reason and they are meant to make a difference. Whether our world realizes it or not, it is in desperate need of every disciple of Jesus walking the planet, making the most of his or her spiritual gifts. This world needs the people of God to fully live into whatever it is God has designed each of them to do, each of us to do. Serving as God designed it is our highest calling and our greatest satisfaction. 
Nothing can replace the joy of finding our place on the team that is the church. Here's how we do it here at Outlook. Here are just some of the major categories of teams that we have here at Outlook. You can serve in our kids' ministry, raising the next generation of students to follow Jesus. Worship uh, has lots and lots of opportunities to serve, not just up front. Our care ministries do beautiful things in the lives of hurting uh, and lonely folks every single week. You were probably greeted by someone wearing a blue shirt who was showing you hospitality as you got here this morning. God is doing excellent things at Renewal, our ministry at Post and 42nd, and the church plant that uh, is uh, getting ready to happen there. Our sports ministry, hundreds of kids are here many, many Saturdays throughout the year, and their parents and their families are here too. Lots of great opportunities to touch lives through our sports ministry, of course, our missions. Lots of you are uh, uh, involved in outreach through uh, what's happening right now in our season of blessing. And let's not forget groups, because here at Outlook, everything happens in and through our groups, and we're always praying for more small group leaders because we're constantly meeting people who want to join a group and we need to have groups for them. So maybe you've been in a group for a while. Maybe you realize I could probably maybe host and lead a group. We're here to train, we're here to support, we're here to encourage you in that, but we're praying hard for more and more small groups. So there's lots of ways to serve and if you'd like to learn more about any of that, you can start the conversation by going to outlookchurch.org serve. At this moment, I want to give a quick shout out to our students. As we've made some changes to our student ministry programming and students are freed up on Sunday mornings to be around all of us, many of them are already taking that opportunity to sign up on teams and serve on Sunday morning. And that is awesome. In many ways, they are leading the way. I'm happy to see that. It's fun to know that they see this church as their church not just the grown-ups church, not just the adults church, not just us old fogies church, right? But it's their church too, and that they're involved and we need them. And I'm really happy that that's happening because I know that God can do amazing things when each of us simply does our part. The passage wraps up in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to wrap it up this way too. Paul says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. If we hadn't gotten the message before, he says it again right here. Each of you is a part of it. None of us should exclude ourselves from the team that is the church. Having understood the fact that each of us is a necessary member of the body of Christ, we got to finally decide to go for it, actually do what we're made to do, what only we can do, and what others need us to do. Here's what I want to tell you. You might think it's too bold or maybe just too simple-minded or maybe just self-convinced. But I've learned it to be true. A significant part of who we are as people and as Jesus followers is simply missing until we find our place on the team of our local church. Nothing, there's nothing quite like it to propel our growth, to fulfill our soul. And that's why that's our mission, to develop all of us as disciples of Jesus who are connecting, growing, serving, and going. 
Now, many, many of you do exactly that. There are lots of folks I'm looking at right now and who are with us online or who were here earlier who do exactly that, serve on many of our ministry teams. And our ministers want to thank you for all your selfless service. So we filmed this video to say so, and we hope it blesses you. Take a look. Our outlook is only possible when we all use our gifts. Outlookers who serve on teams make our whole church family all it can be. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you, care team. Through serving communion, remembering a birthday, or changing a light bulb, your regular visits with our homebound members are intentional and relational connections to the church body. You make people feel seen, loved, and not forgotten. Thank you, worship team, who lead on the platform. Whether you sing, play an instrument, pray, or read scripture, you all are such an integral part of helping our church worship in spirit and truth each and every weekend. Thank you, nursery team, for sharing God's love with our littlest outlookers by caring for their physical needs. And thank you, kids check-in team, for the way you make sure each and every kid feels welcomed and seen. Thank you, everyone serving at Renewal. Thank you for your care and compassion for the lost and the hurting. And thank you for making a real difference in the lives of children and families in one of Indy's most challenging neighborhoods. Thank you, care group leaders. I am humbled as I watch you lead ministries like Friendship Group, Celebrate Recovery, Grief Share, and Divorce Care. Take your own past hurts and hard seasons and minister to others. You are healing and changing lives. Thank you, student sponsors, for investing in the lives of our students. You play an integral role in their spiritual development by leading them in small groups, showing up for their games and concerts, and so much more. You are making a difference in the next generation of Jesus followers. Thank you, youth sports. Whether it's coaching, sharing God's word during devotions, concessions, or refing, season after season, you are making a difference in these kids' lives. Thank you, Missions and Outreach team, for making incredible things possible as you connect us with local opportunities to share the love of Jesus alongside our community partners and as you help send us around the world to work with our global partners too. Thank you, hospitality, online and in the building. Through welcoming us, praying with us, or pouring our coffee, these simple acts are tangible ways that you represent Christ in each interaction and set the expectation that Outlook is a friendly and a welcoming place. Thank you, worship team, who serve behind the scenes. Whether you mix audio, advance lyrics, direct cameras in the live broadcast, operate lighting, prepare communion, or help with baptisms, your tireless efforts help create an amazing environment of worship. Thank you, kids team. The joy, love, and patience you exude as you explore questions, craft, pray, dance, play games, and navigate the Bible with kids create space for each one to meet and grow with Jesus. Thank you, Renewal Church Plant team. Thank you for answering the call to serve God in a unique and challenging way. You allow Him to work through you to build the kingdom and transform the lives of those who are far from Him. Thank you, small group leaders. You facilitate our spiritual and relational growth. You are disciple makers at Outlook, and I am so thankful for your vital part in creating healthy and accountable community here. Many praises to all of our volunteers. Thank you for contributing so much of yourselves here. You are a blessing to us all. We think you're kind of a big deal.
Yes. We do think you're kind of a big deal. And uh, in fact, we believe that so much, we put it on a travel mug. Uh, for you. If you notice someone sporting one of these little tokens of our appreciation, that means they're serving regularly on one of our teams here at Outlook. And if you're on a team and you haven't already received one, expect to get one of these gifts from your team leader at your next huddle or meeting. And if you'd like to get in on the fun and you haven't already, uh, We'd love to talk to you more about that, the growth and the fun of serving in ministry. I would love to start that conversation with you today. So uh, thanks a lot for choosing to worship together this morning. We love you. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Go in peace.